Criticism, I just don't want to hear it. I know, particularly when it's ill-informed or unkind. But what is the difference between criticism and critique? And learning to communicate and listen with grace is a pretty powerful skill. So that's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, honest conversations about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. You know, this is an interesting one because at first we thought we'd strictly talk about criticism, but as we were exploring the topic, we, we really changed from our original thinking. I think anytime we explore a topic, we always are looking for distinctions. You know, we're both lovers of words, and so we're looking for the distinction of why this particular word versus another word. And I think once we started comparing the two to dive into criticism, I think we just found more value to talk about both. That's true. Speaking of distinction, this drink. Mm, You know, I am a gin lover, but I think a Hendrix gin is maybe one of my favorites. Um, It's just so lovely. And that's what we have in our Tom Collins. It's just such a classic drink, and it feels great with the topic. I, I can't even articulate why, but it feels just right. It does feel right. Maybe because there's nothing that you could even criticize about no. a good Tom Collins. So we do love it. We do. So what is the difference for you between criticism and critique? Well, it's interesting because I feel like criticism is generally just negative. You think about criticism as in the comments, <laughs> the comments yeah. section, right? Yeah, don't read the comments. <laughs> don't read the comments. But in, in our industry, critique is a really important thing. And the job of critique is to hold something up to standard, see if it's doing its job, hold it to task. And so criticism to me feels off the cuff, whereas critique feels thought out. Well, you know that I love um, doing my research and I love citing things because I'm a geek like that. So criticism is disapproval or fault finding, where critique is that detailed analysis. And I really like thinking of it in that way, because if you have a detailed analysis when you're giving a critique of something, First of all, you're you're not uh, you're not analyzing a person. You're analyzing whatever the thing is—a piece of art, a process, an output, an outcome. And so, then, if you're doing a detailed analysis of that, then you have a line of reasoning for why the conversation about the critique even happens. Well, not only do you have a line of reasoning, you—it's done with the express intent of improving the the thing at hand, right? Mm-hmm. Crit- criticism doesn't always feel that way, but critique feels like it's meant to be fruitful. Yeah, I actually think that criticism never feels that way, right? Like, you should know better. You know, and I think, you know, as we were preparing for this episode, there was a discussion over, you know, at home versus at work. What what do you use? (laughs) Well, and you, you said that when we were doing a little bit of research, you said that they're sometimes used interchangeably, and that is 100% inaccurate to use those two words in a interchangeably. I do think it's completely inaccurate. And I think the fun part that I found from a from a copywriting standpoint, especially with headlines, is that critique gets used more often when they mean criticism because it's fewer letters. Well, there you go. You only have so many inches. I would suggest a condensed font. That will help you get all of your letters in. Maybe some kerning? <laughs> yeah. So, so Was that a critique or a criticism? <laughs> Well, since I have a little bit of expertise in typography, we'll call that a critique. There you go. So it was for the express interest of making it just so. Yeah, and making it more accurate. No, um, 
I don't even remember why we picked the topic of criticism. I don't either. And when you really boil it down and start to dig through criticism, it's not a very good feeling and it's not a very good trait, right? Right. And I think that, and we were talking about, you know, do you, what do you do at home versus work? Is there one over the other? And I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I can be honest and say that I'm guilty of being maybe a little bit more critical at home because of the pace at which we're moving or maybe it's because of the little people I'm trying to usher or, or even the husband that I'm trying to, like, just help me. But even with kids, like, you know, there's a you should know better point of view that I have where when you're only dealing with adults um, in a professional setting, sometimes maybe that feels different. I'm not sure. I'm guilty. It's not all the time, certainly, but I'm not 100% at my best. You were even saying that um, home's your safe space. So maybe that's why. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm much more guilty of criticism at home. Number one, at your office, you are held to a workplace standard. And and the, the standards at home are, are sloppier or not articulated in an employee manual or something along those lines. So it's very easy to fall into criticism at home. When I was um, when my children were younger, I had a toddler who would always get great marks at school. Oh, she, he, he's done great. He had a wonderful day. And then he'd get home and he would just like lose his marbles and melt down. Yeah. And in my frustration, I talked to the teacher and um, she said, you know, mom, how you have a bad day at work and you've held it together even though things have gone poorly or you didn't understand what you should be doing. And then you go home and you can just let it all out because it's your safe space. And it's just hard work being a toddler. So they let it out at home where it's their safe space. And that was really smart to me, which is why I appreciate tol- toddler teachers. Mm-hmm. The fact that when we're at home, we expect it's the place where we can lose it. We don't have to put up a facade. We don't have to be careful. Things can fall out of our mouths that we might not intend to say, and people will love us anyway. Yes. Right? So it's, Hopefully. <laughs> we hope. So to be honest, it's a, it is a little easier to let criticism fall out of your mouth when you're home. Yeah. So um, at home, we don't have a lot of rules at our house because we found that you can pile rules upon rules upon rules, right? And, and then kids don't remember any and then follow none. So <laughs> there's some school rules where it's like, you know, be friendly and safe and responsible. But like the other thing I think when it is, when kids are learning to be with one another, you know, it goes back to that Socrates. And I didn't even know that it was Socrates until I looked it up and wanted to credit the right person for saying it, is that the mouth should have three gatekeepers. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And I've heard, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary forever and ever? Maybe because he's, you know, super old. (laughs) (laughs) But I just never knew who said it. But it really, I mean, those are really easy things to think about. Yeah. They're they're pretty easy check marks. Harder things to do. Harder things to do. Yeah. So we we both feel like criticism sometimes can fall out at home, but it might not as often in the workplace if you have a healthy workplace. right? Yeah. Which I think we are always coming to the microphone with that as our baseline. We both have pretty healthy workplaces where people are safe and um, and that critique is given as opposed to criticism. But do you feel like it is harder to give or receive criticism or critique? I person well, I find them very different. I have no problem giving critique because that's that's my actual job as the creative director ensuring that the product that is built at Redhead is meeting certain standards for our clients. So the critiques of, is this functioning the way it should? Is it, will it move the needle for the target audience? Those kinds of things are very natural and we have quite the language and processes around those at the office. Mm -hmm. Um, Criticism is much harder to give 
And I don't even know if criticism has a place, to right. be honest. Right. I have no problem receiving it. I mean, I guess that's kind of your job. So hearing hearing critique doesn't bother me. I'm used to it. How about you? Um, I think that I think that critique about the work is so much easier to give. That is just like like you said, there's a vernacular that we have. It is we're all on the same page in terms of wanting the best for our clients. And so and we all enjoy being pushed by one another to do more and deliver more and, and add value. So I think critique of the work or even the process sometimes when we have to reset and say what what didn't work there. That is much easier because it really isn't about us as individuals. Um, I think critique for professional development is harder. I think it requires a lot more nuance in the conversation and a lot of trust because I think the recipient of any piece of constructive feedback is has to trust that it's coming from the right place. And it comes back to, you know, you and I always go back to communication. It has to be trusted that it's coming from the right place. I think the timing has to be right. I think the tone has to be appropriate. And um, you just really have to come from a place of best interest, even when it is, you know, when it's, when you're talking about somebody's goals and how can I support you move forward and what else, what are you missing? Those are much easier pieces of critique. But when it's, um, wow, that was disappointing that that happened or we really should have known better because that doesn't align with our values. Those are hard conversations to have. Those are. I um, I did let one fall out of my mouth a few weeks ago. I found some errors on something that shouldn't have errors and I was really frustrated because I thought my team would have caught them. And I... I articulated my frustrations right away sooner than I should have and without as much grace as I should have used. And and, and, and having a conversation with a staff member later, I realized, wow, I could have handled that better. Now, my critiques were not wrong, right? but they came out more like criticism mm-hmm. because of how I handled them, right? Right. And so it's, it's the, the work needed to be changed. There was something that was missed. Those things happen all of the time. Um but you can really change how you address it. Yeah. And something about how you address it and the tone of voice you use and when you choose to present an observation turns it from a critique into a criticism. Yeah. Right? I think, too, both of us have been in this position um, where, and this is more aligned with things like human resources and, and difficult conversations, but when, you're, when there's a criticism that is in your head, Right. It lives like a criticism in your head and you're worried about how to articulate it in a constructive way, especially when it has to do with a human resources issue. We've both been in the position where we've had to let people go. and We've sat on it and sat on it and mm-hmm. sat on it. I just think that when you're worried about giving or receiving, whether it's criticism or critique, when you're kind of suffering over the unsaid, it takes up so much emotional energy that at some point you just got to do it. So. It's about making sure that it doesn't fall out of your mouth like vomit. <laughs> like, ah, um, I'm so angry at you, whatever the internal dialogue is. So it really requires us as leaders to process it and think about it. Sometimes your 24-hour rule, that's always been right. so helpful to me. Because you don't want something that really can be constructive to fall out of your mouth like a criticism and cause a ding in the relationship when really what you want is to move forward. Right. And you might not get the result you want. And in this instance, I did not use my 24-hour rule, which I should have done, but you don't get the same result and you don't get the same good feelings. Of course, like you said, the ding in the relationship 
if you can't present things in a logical way, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's funny because criticism to me is always ill-informed or what I perceive as a criticism is something coming from someone who doesn't have the qualifi- qualifications to have an opinion. Yeah, like, like don't read the comments. Right. Like, well, you haven't you haven't studied for eight years to become a lawyer. How can you say what's it, what the nuances here are yeah. on this issue Yeah, or something along those lines? So oftentimes I feel like criticism happens when you're not speaking with all of the facts or all of the tools that you should have at your disposal to be able to have an intelligent um, useful opinion. Yeah. I took a leadership course forever ago before children. And um, one of the principles that was discussed for a long time has always stuck with me that, and it was in relation, it was, it was in the context of actually um, stepping away from your fear, you know, in, in terms of going towards your leadership and really embracing um, yourself as an entrepreneur or fill in the blank. But the person said, you know, you're the one on the court playing the game. So you can either choose to listen to the people in the stands who are just sitting up there. They're either cheering you on or they're booing at you. And you can choose to listen to all or both. But don't allow the people who are not playing the game influence the game. It's true. And it's always really resonated with me. Like if you're in the stands, I mean, great. But if you're booing me, I'm the one on the court. I'm the one on the court. So in essence, we're telling the people in the comments to zip it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it go, well, is it is it kind? Is it true? Is yeah, it necessary? Right. And that's where I think sometimes criticism is born out of hurt or jealousy. Yeah. Um, and it just has no place. So, you know, we were talking about workplace. There's a standard that has been missed or a detail that has been overlooked. Th- those are places where a criticism or a critique done kindly is very useful. But, but we see criticism in places, I can't believe she wore that, I can't believe he would act that way, I don't like what she did with her hair. I mean, those are really baseline observations, but we see those all the time, mm-hmm. right? And who are we to say? Yeah. Who am I to say what you should do with your hair, Karen? Exactly. Or what you should do with your social media account. Right. Filter away. <laughs> It's tempting, though. I think in our culture, it's really tempting to feel like because the avenues are there to make a comment, mm-hmm. that your comment is welcome. And if you haven't remembered, is it necessary, is it kind, you can just say something that's fully irrelevant, and all you're doing is gumming up the universe. You know, I think I think it's easy, even especially with social media, that the, the lines are blurred between what, what is critique and criticism, because... We everybody who's listening has somebody who posts somebody something where they're down. They're going through a tough time. Somebody is ill. I mean, their dog is lost. Who wouldn't post something positive or send a little heart out to them, right? That's what we do because that's our way. That's our digital way of sending out a high five or sure. a hug. But we also have people who then kind of, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they troll, but they really want to offer that expert view on how it could have been handled. And every time that happens where they feel where it poses as a critique, where it really becomes a criticism, kind of drives me crazy and makes me want to smack myself in the forehead. <laughs> well, I think that that's I mean, when you think about it, what what I could be offering you might be true. And it might be intended to be kind, but is it necessary? There you go. So maybe it just hasn't made it through all of the gates, and we all have to remember the three gates, right? That is true. To and just don't hit send unless you've 
held it through those three gates. And the truth of the matter is, 90% of the time, it's not necessary. All that's necessary is that little emoji heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's a question. When the lines are blurred between criticism and critique, is that passive aggressiveness? It probably isn't intended to be, but often it feels like it is. That would be my answer there. I don't think, I think oftentimes people aren't, well, maybe they are. I don't know. I'm not saying when a criticism falls, I'm not talking about our examples. Like when a criticism falls out of your mouth and you're like, oh, oof, I really screwed that up. I'm talking about when you're like, you know, spelling mistakes are costly on the billable hour. And I know that you're a better speller than that. Like, so when the lines are blurred yeah. where you're pretending to provide yeah. critique, that's I'm not saying that you would do. That's that's intentionally passive aggressive. So sure. I think, so the, So really there's, um, if if critique is on the right hand and criticism is on the left hand, then the blurry area where they intersect is passive aggressiveness. Maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe we can analyze that. And maybe it's, you know, I, I said earlier that I, I felt like criticism sometimes is born out of hurt or jealousy. We often, I think criticism is born out of a feeling that I should have been consulted or I know a lot, so you should trust what I have to say. And so people are feeling that they have somehow been left out of a process or somehow should be inserted in a process. And that's where criticism can come from, I think, in that passive-aggressive middle ground. Right. And reflecting on that, if I'm the recipient of that, then I, then what I'm thinking is, well, you don't trust me. Sure. See, where I'm thinking is, you don't know as much as I do, never mind. <laughs> well, but I mean, there's two sides of that very same conversation. Sure. And so it's it's so important to be able to, again, go back and think about the tone, the intent, mm-hmm. the timing, um, and really make sure that it's for good. Well, yes, that it's for good. And, and understanding that your words being welcome. Critique happens when two parties are agreeing to collaborate and come to a consensus in order to improve a space, right? Mm -hmm. I think when it's one-sided, when party A hasn't asked for that feedback, that's when it becomes, it starts to feel a little bit like criticism. I think it it feels like critique when it's a um, collaborative process and a discussion that has been welcomed in. Yeah. Um, and and that co- that's born out of trust. And that's born out of trust. Or the culture of the circumstance, like our like our yeah our offices. So you know, you put that in Facebook land when when dear poster says, "Hey folks, what would I what what should I do? What would I do?" When they have invited that in, it's very helpful feedback. When they haven't asked for your feedback and they haven't invited it in, then you're just being kind of passive aggressive. Yeah. That took a weird turn. I didn't think we were going to talk about that, but I think it's useful when you think about the difference between the two. Do you think, you know, I think during our planning meeting, you said something about what's the Midwestern version of bless your heart. And I said, oh, sorry, but maybe it's passive aggressiveness. Maybe. Oh, bless your heart is passive aggressive, isn't it? Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So maybe that's where that lives. Maybe. So I think at the end of the day, really the recipient's perception of your intent is what matters the most, the intended purpose. So whether you're trying to help them, allow them to grow, get closer to their goals, or even uh, just making sure that the communication is on target so that it's clear and so that it's appropriate and with the right intention. Yeah, I think the right intention where is it done with kindness? Is it, um, has it been welcomed or asked for? Or are you imposing your opinions on people? Really makes a difference. I think there's a great place for critique in the in the workplace. I think it's um, it is a skill that some people have lost and should really try to regain. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, 
I, I know I feel like I'm more prone to criticism accidentally at home than I am at work. And that's something I'll probably work on a little bit more considering the conversation we had today. I think we're going to see a little bit of that in the next episode, Jen. But before we do that, uh, it looks like both of our glasses are empty. That's true. This Hendrix went down really easy. It's a beautiful drink and a beautiful gin. So anybody, go get yourself a Tom Collins. And back in the day in college when my dad was teaching me how to pour some beverages, this was one of them that he taught me. So cheers, nice. Dad. Cheers, Dad. You can find the recipe, as always, on the website. Make one yourself this weekend. Jen, I know we always love hearing from people. Um, do you want anybody to reach out with anything specific? Um, what I'm going to ask today is, folks, spend some time, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a review, clearly five-star review, because we don't want to hear from you if it's one-star review. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, but those do really help. It helps other people find the podcast. And so if you've been enjoying what you've been hearing, it would help us out a lot. Thanks. So next time we're going to do something a little different. Often we try to turn around a concept a bit and walk through what it means and how it matters. But next time, we're revealing our biggest faults. It's just a big old grocery list of the places where we each personally know we could use a little work. Wait, you mean we're not perfect? Huh. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.